0: Hello, and welcome to the Unstoppable Stylist Podcast, where independent beauty entrepreneurs can get all the mindset, messaging, and methods they need to be unstoppable in beauty, business, and life. Hello, and welcome to the Unstoppable Stylist Podcast. I am your host, Sharon Huckle, and today I am so thrilled to be joined by Ray Hornback from at Ray Voltage Beauty and at The Bob Co. We are going to be talking all about haircutting mastery and about a little bit too about social media and pricing without further ado here is ray hornback welcome thank you for joining me here today
1: thanks so much Sharon for having me I was really excited to be able to to get on this podcast with you and yeah just talk about the the industry and what I do and cutting and and instagram you know so, social media i guess not, not even just instagram just social media in general yeah i mean it's just it's i always love chatting about how it all intertwines
0: Yeah, and I think you are doing well at a lot of things that people can find a little bit intimidating. We've seen a lot lately about you know, hairstylists doing like more lived in color and, you know, extensions and really specializing in those things. And I feel like they've almost eclipsed a little bit the, the haircutting artistry. So that was why I was really attracted to you because I actually love haircutting. I love the styling of hair and the finishing work. And I, I just love the way that you explain in a simple way, these more elevated concepts of really how to up level your cutting skills. So talk about how you, because I know you've done a bit of uh, a bit of everything, really, in your career, but you have really honed in now on your hair cutting and helping other hairdressers, you know, get better at it.
1: I do, yeah I've done everything. <laughs> I've you know I I've done I was an educator for balayage uh, for a masters of balayage for years. Uh, I've been an educator for Kevin Murphy. Uh, I did a lot of styling uh, education for them. Uh, learned I've learned you know cutting from from Kevin Murphy systems. I've learned cutting from Paul Mitchell. I've learned cutting from. Uh, Aquage educators um so i've learned from, from all all over the place redkin uh sam via you know i've, I've learned I'm cutting from all of these these amazing people philip wilson um so and it's just I have this like I finally sort of created this style of cutting that's just a mixture of all those things that I've learned over the years um and yeah, and then you know, ta- you know speaking sort of to the Instagram side or building building what I built it's, you know, it's definitely come down to a a very, very niched um, point of sort of what I'm known for is definitely the the bob haircut. Uh, that's kind of what my what most people like when they think about what I do on Instagram. That's a lot of what I teach on there. I definitely have some long haired videos that I'll do every now and then on Instagram or, um, you know, a shag haircut here or there because I'd love I love all of haircutting. I don't just yeah. I don't just Bob's I, I I've mastered I think I feel like I've mastered every type of haircut which is which is a weird thing to kind of reach I think that point in your career where you feel like you've mastered it but definitely I also feel like there's always more to learn
0: for sure and you've had lots of great influences right and you've also like just you've done the 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 deed of working on multiple steps of heads you've been in the hair hair hairstyling industry for about 14 years now you said and then education for about seven so you've really had time to hone in on that the, the thing that I find interesting with you is that um, you do simplify these, these concepts for people and show them just that little bit of extra that you can go to get the haircut to really fall beautifully. Um, and I, th- I think that's been really key in what I've watched you do on Instagram. Um, and then again, you're with your Instagram, that's because that's another side of business that hairdressers have to be a part of now as well, right? You can't just True. be good at your craft. You have to be good at promoting yourself and marketing. And we we always did. We always had to do that. It's just this is the new way of doing it. Um and you've really yeah. dialed into that as well.
1: Yeah, I think I think that there's I think that, yeah, Instagram and promoting yourself on Instagram is just, it's just, yeah, it's a necessary evil, I guess, if you will. I, I you know, there's a lot of stylists who they get very intimidated by it, but I, I even tell people it's like most of what I do on Instagram, like is just me, it's just my hands in, a, in the back of someone's head, yeah. you know, it's like, I, and then I just do a voiceover, you know, I don't, I don't do a lot of the whole, you know, dancing on the, on the reels and, you know, the, the words popping up everywhere. I don't do a lot of that, you know, yeah, every but now and then I will. Yeah, it works. Totally works. And and every now and then I'll do that. Uh, if I feel like it's that the post is really like, that's going to help me uh, um, put out some education that I want to put out. But um, I typically just, you know, with Instagram, for the average stylist, who's just trying to, to get clients where they live, yeah. they don't they don't need to do they don't need to do that much. You know, um, even me, what I what I put out, i I inadvertently get clients from it, even though I'm mostly talking to hairstylists, you know, the clients are on Instagram taking in social media and, you know, I get messages li- literally every single day. Where are you located? Where can I get my hair cut by you? Can I book with you? Uh, do you know any stylists in my area? Yeah. Um, and if I do, you know, if I do, I'll send them, you know, the stylist in the area, um, and and that's i guess what i'm kind of hopefully working towards over the next several years is making connections with stylists in lots of big cities to where i can hopefully you know get them to do a training with me and that way i can you know i can send them clients from wherever i mean people love that
0: <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. I love having a directory of stylists all over the world that I know that I can, can send people to for, because obviously you obviously can't be everywhere. I never, not everyone can fly in to come get a haircut with Ray Hornback, <laughs> but right. if you had somebody that you've trained and has that same level of commitment to the craft, um, then you can recommend them, you know, without hesitation. So I think that's really good. Now, now tell me how you got started in the beauty industry.
1: So I got started in the beauty industry, uh, basically through sort of through my sister-in-law so she she's a hairstylist and she always told me like even when I was in, like just about to graduate high school she's like dude you need to go to hair school she said you'd be awesome at doing hair I think you know, she said mainly because I'm social like super social person very conversational person uh very artistic you know a little my style sometimes is a little off the wall she's always been like you would just you would just do so well in the hair industry and so I was always kind of interested in it and but I I didn't jump into doing hair till I was like 26 um I went to hair school and it was one of those moments of like realizing realizing that oh yeah I should have done this 10 years ago
0: yeah
1: (laughs) um but you know it all works out for a reason um I think by jumping into the hair industry, sort of, I don't know, quote later and later in my life, I, I, you know, not jumping in right at you know 18, to 19 years old. I think I was at a level of seriousness with it that some stylists aren't right off the bat. Um, I, I, I jumped into it because I was already married, I had a baby, I owned a house, you know, I, I had a, already had a career, so. I knew that if I was going to do this, I had to jump into it and go like full on, um, full gas, you know, so I took every single opportunity to go to a class, an extra class or do something extra, um, try, you know, try new things, yada, yada, yada. So I just kind of jumped in and just had never looked back. It just it just kept going.
0: Yeah, and and yet your your career in that fourteen years has evolved a little bit because you said you did used to do everything and now you've really um, do you do any color anymore now or are you just haircutting cutting all yeah
1: day? no I still, I still do color still do color appointments um, and I, I I said I think I said on the on the Instagram live like you're gonna always have your base clientele in my opinion I I, I like to tell styles style. that you want to have a base clientele that you um, you know, that, that pays the bills. Um, and so for me, I have that base clientele built up and I did that by doing everything. Um, I, I tell stylists a lot, like, you know, when they're young, you have these young stylists who want to specialize and they've only been doing hair for three years. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like yeah. you, you're not at a level, you're not at a level where you can really specialize yet, in my opinion. And I don't want that to sound uh pious or or egotistical by any means but it it's just you but doing hair for three years you, you you barely know what you're doing in my opinion yeah you can def- you can definitely be talented in in those in certain aspects of of hair but I think um I think to build a base clientele you've you've got to get a little farther in in my opinion but that's just me
0: yeah. And I mean, I, I know everybody can have their way of working things and then make it work for them. And I, I certainly promote that here at the unstoppable stylist, because I say like, you can build a profitable business and that can look very different for different people and style of life you love at the same time, which can also look very different, you know? Absolutely. So, you know, some people, some people don't want to do haircuts at all. And if it is intimidating, they don't enjoy it. Well, then I guess you don't, don't do that. If, that, if you can make that business model work for you, then go for it. I, exactly. That's not how I run my business. Um, but yeah. over the years, you know, you sort of start to eliminate once your clientele gets busy enough and full enough that you can cut that out. Like I remember actually when I first moved back from, I started my hairdressing career in Toronto and then I moved back to my hometown of Belleville and in the first two weeks of starting, I was booked solid at the salon. Cause there was a lot of hype that I was coming back to my hometown, but I yeah. had more perms in two weeks than I had in the two and a half years or whatever that I've been hairdressing in Toronto full. And, yeah. uh, and I remember saying to the receptionist, I'm like the next person that books for perms walking out with color and highlights. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I don't yeah. want to do perms anymore. I was just like, ah, yeah. yes. and it was funny because later when I was cleaning out an office and a pile of stuff, I found that I had won the perm competition in hairdressing school. And I was like, oh my God, I don't even remember that. <laughs> That's <right>. oh, <laughs> I never liked them, <laughs> but I mean, I think I had been scarred because I grew up, you know, as a child of the eighties, having perms, my mother giving me Tony perm. So a little bit of trauma there but it was funny and I had clients that balked at it because they said you know your perms were the best I'd ever had I'm like I don't care <laughs> I won't do them anymore so we right, have to get do- to that certain level or even just in, in the mindset that you can say that and not be worried hopefully open up for the things that you really love to do but I think it's yeah. a good thing to try all the things so you can really find out that what you do love I know for a lot of people who are maybe more introverted, I'm very extroverted. So I don't mind the high turnover of clients in my day. Like I can do 10 clients in a day. That does not zap my energy. I get energy from people, but for other people, they would rather go like, they wouldn't double book. They wouldn't, uh, they only want one or two clients for a couple of hours each, you know, that sort of thing. And so I love that about our industry is that we can actually craft, however we want it to look like. So, um, I think that's really good. And, uh, for you, I know a lot of people, I'm sure they see your follower count on, um, Instagram and and go, how did he do it? Um, because it is, it's a bit of a slog for a lot of people. And I think one of the things is you are giving your audience what they want, right? Yeah. Um, That's that's one of the key things. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, in in terms of because you have your at Ray Voltage Beauty, which is your main page where you you do do some tutorials, but and you just show your work in the salon, which is beautiful those transformations, those explanations of how you get a haircut to fall so beautifully. But then you also are using that to build your clientele as well. So, that's a bit of a, a trick trying to combine. The education side as well as the clientele side and, and you seem to have done a, a pretty good job of that so maybe just give some hints on um how people who have more than one kind of niche get their instagram just right
1: yeah yeah i think you know i think for me with instagram and social media i really didn't dial it in until really the last two years um I grew, you know, I grew slowly over the years. And like you said, when you look at my Instagram, I have a ton of posts. Like I've been doing this Instagram, this Instagram has been like the same one I started since years ago. I never stopped with it. And originally, you know, yeah, originally what, 14 years ago or yeah, 14 years ago, I, it, it was just, you know, I would post stupid stuff and then, you know, I started posting some hair stuff and then, and then you get a little more dialed in on what you're posting. And then, and then I actually reached out and got help. I said, you know, on the on the Instagram live that we did earlier that, you know, I got help from Brock Johnson to help me dial in my, my profile and, you know, help me dial in what my niche was and things like that. And so, you know, over the last two years, I dialed in, I dialed in what my niche is. And then I have consistently daily provided high value content for what my niche is, which is, you know, which is haircutting. And like I said, inadvertently, you know, I'm on my Instagram, I'm mostly just speaking to hairstylists. I'm, I'm teaching on there. I'm trying to get hairstylists you know, to notice what I'm doing so that they, you know, will hopefully want to either, you know, take a class with me some at some point or, you know, jump in on my online education or reaching that stylist who is like, I really want to get my haircutting skills dialed in. I really want to elevate my haircuts so that I can elevate my haircut price so that I can um, maybe, be stop working on weekends you know that's that's what I said um earlier was that you know I wanted to stop working on weekends and I did that through getting my haircut skills to a point of mastery and then being able to raise my haircut prices to a level that basically I earned an entire another entire day's wages during my four days that I work so I don't work on fri on um, sorry on Saturdays anymore so I'm I'm off Saturday, Sunday, Monday. I, I only work Tuesday through Friday, and now I'm fortunately at a point where Tuesday and Friday I'm off at 4 p.m. Like I don't, and I don't work. I don't work till eight o'clock at night anymore. So that's what I'm trying to do through my Instagram is really reach those silas who are, who are wanting to, like you say, craft a life you love, and and being able to do what you love every single day, and feel energized by it, and not, not feeling. Out. Not feeling burnt out and deflated at the end of every day, like oh my god, I work till nine again, or oh my god, I have to come in at eight o'clock tomorrow morning and work till nine o'clock at night again because I keep saying yes to all these clients and my prices aren't high. You know, it's like it's just always that. You know, that's the jumble. Yeah, (laughs) I know,
0: and it can really stop people up. I mean, I call myself the unstoppable stylist, and I'm I'm very blessed that I've had some really good mentors right from the beginning of my career, who you know i was in a bit of a higher end salon right from the beginning of my career and just sort of stayed that that which was which was good um and got tons of education but there are still moments when i jack my prices up i go Ooh! you know, because it's still like, we have that human need to be loved. And, yes. we, we, you know, we love some, our clients and we don't want to lose them. And sometimes it's even backfired where I've had to, I wanted to lose some clients and I didn't end up losing any clients. And I'm like, oh, well, maybe I could stop <laughs> <Yeah. love that." laughs> Right. Cause I literally yeah. have some of the same clients I've been doing since before my kids were born, which has been 25 yeah. years. Like I have quite a few. <laughs> And yeah. uh, that's incredible. So, I mean, in terms of our, our craft and we have to be able to offer those clients something new who've been coming to me every five, six weeks or whatever. They, I can't give them the same thing all the time. So I have to keep elevating my my craft and being interested in it and being passionate about it and creating this, not just the the the, the amazing um, initial service, but the before and after and during service that really yeah. keeps people comfortable in your space. Um, yeah. And I'm I think uh, for for a lot of us, um, hairstylists, it's a lot to manage, a lot, right? And it can be very overwhelming between the social media and the, you know, the automations that we have to set set up and the post appointment communications and the blogging and the, you know, all of this stuff, it can be a lot. Um, But if you can just figure out how to seamlessly blend a lot of that. Um, which there are ways, um, then it makes work fun again, right? I, I always yeah. say I have the best job. I get to chit chat and play with people's hair all day, but it's still work yeah. and it's hard on our bodies. And, you know, especially when you've been doing it a long time, um, yeah. the older we get, right? The more you can feel it in the old shoulder, of the, the arthritis yeah. <laughs> starts happening in that cutting hand, whatever. Right. Um, and that's another thing. I know that uh, the way you cut too, I mean, just just showing people how to do that so that you can have a long career is is really important as well. How you stand and how you hold your your tools yeah. as well, which is great. Yeah. Cause there's a lot. There's I see a lot of young hairdressers that's that really have a lot figured out, a lot more than I did, maybe when I was first starting out. Um Absolutely. <laughs> and, and I do credit social media for a lot of that. There's so much good information out there. Um, one thing that drives me crazy though, is I see hairstylists, you know, educators now they'll say things like, oh, this education wasn't here for me when I want, you know, when I was starting out. So I had to create it myself. And I think there's been so much education for so long. I've had mentors for 25 years that have been around. I mean, you think of Vidal Sassoon and so many of those incredible, um, stylists that uh, have really just had this wave. I actually, years ago, I went to this, um, class with John Steinberg who is quite a famous Canadian hairstylist but he talked about yep. art building on itself and it's you know the same with our craft right the way it builds on itself like everything is yep. influenced by the thing that came before it and uh i really really loved that idea and that everything we learn everything we put in our toolkit becomes another you know stack of compound interest in terms of our career so yes. talk about let's talk about pricing because i know that is something that comes up a lot um yeah. I see it all the time on Instagram talking about pricing your worth, um, you know, pricing for profit, knowing how to to communicate that with your clients. So talk about your approach to your pricing structure. Um, you had an interesting way of going about it where you don't just have one, one haircut and one haircut price, you have um three or yeah more. So yeah, I have, explain I have multiple.
1: That. Yeah, and yeah. So with the pricing, I think. You know, we we chatted earlier, and I this is what I chat with 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 styles a lot is your your demand and your price point have to sort of be matched up. Um, you know, you can't just I I can't you can't just all of a sudden be charging fifty dollars for a haircut and then take a couple classes and then oh I'm gonna I'm gonna charge a hundred dollars for a haircut now. You know, it's you've gotta you've gotta work at it. It's it's one of those things that sort of builds over time. Where and that's what I did for me is you know I I was the same I worked in a a high end salon right off the bat with good mentors and they provided a lot of education for us so I was taking cutting classes and coloring classes almost almost on a monthly basis and then getting to go to you know the big the big um, hair shows and and take um, you know individual classes at these hair shows as well Um, and like you said there was always always education available i mean i remember like sam via like had like dvds that i'd like learned from i have Um, cassette
0: tapes i have everyone thinks balayage balayage is so new i have a vhs a vhs series of french balayage like vhs (laughs) so funny i can't get rid of it because it's so hilarious but yeah
1: yeah, it was just like it was harder. It was maybe a little harder to get our hands on, even for me, as I've only been doing it for 14 years. But even 14 years ago, Instagram was not what it is now, and there was no online memberships to get education. It was like you had to like seek it out from the from the um, brands. You know, like there was like even like a uh, I used to love a lot of the educators for a like Louis Alvarez and Eric Fisher, and um, I got to go. You know, take some. Uh, Uh, go to some hair shows and saw them live and learned a lot from those guys. Um,
0: And that was such expensive education. That was expensive. Like you would pay 750 bucks to go to a a class and uh, you had to cram your brain with so much stuff in two days and that you you yeah. know, hoping that you'd get a client the next day or two that you could remember to do the technique on. It was actually so much better now with the online education where you could yeah. revisit it and, you know, practice it and watch a little bit and then go do it and then watch a little bit more. Like it, it was, it was harder for us old guys.
1: <laughs> yeah, right, I know. That's, It was, it was at the time, but and you know, walk uphill
0: like, both ways, you know,
1: totally. Yeah. now, you know, now we're here and now it's like, yeah, like I've, i even, yeah, I still like learn little tips and things from Instagram, you know, following, uh, you know, people that I follow on there as well. And it's like, it's just, like I said, it's been a slow build on where I've gotten my haircutting skills to be. And then the, that price point to match up. So, you know, jumping back into the pricing yeah. question <laughs> is just, it's got, it got to a point where my demand was getting so high that I was, I was getting people booking, you know, booking hair cuts like two and two and a half three months out down the road because i didn't have any space and so that tells me okay like it's time to up your haircut prices and what i did too was you don't necessarily want to alienate your base i didn't want to alienate my base clientele so what I did, what I tell people, I talk about a lot with with uh, stylists who are trying to dial in their their appointments and dial in their their pricing, because uh, I do do a little bit of that as well. Is on your with my online booking. What I did was I I would set my prices where I needed them to be, you know, up them to a point where I wanted them to be, and I would tell my clientele that, okay, like I just up my prices on my scheduling app. So when you guys see that price, don't freak out. That's not your price on your next visit by any means, or I would say over the next three months though, I am going to be upping the haircut price or over the next six months, um, you know, next time it's going to be here. And then by that that third or fourth visit, you know, the price will be here because this is where I'm setting my new prices at. And I believe, you know, I I would say, I've I've just, I've done a lot of education and I believe that with the demand I have, this is where I need my prices to be. And, you know, people would be like, cool, great. And they, you know, stick with me. And then, like you said, you know, sometimes you would lose some of those clients, which it's like, it's good and bad. I would lose some clients who maybe I've been doing their hair for three years, but I had had new clients booking with me all the time who were willing to pay the higher price for my haircuts with no questions asked. They would, they just book online and they know that that's the price and they would come in knowing that I could deliver a good haircut because of what they're seeing on social media. And that's, that's the benefit of social media is you have this like live bio in essence of what you do. And it's like this, like this, like scrolling commercial of, of a consistent result that someone can see. They'd be like, Oh my God, like all of his hair. I like all of his haircuts. Yeah. So I, they already know when they book with me, they're going to come in and they know they're going to be happy. You know, you get, I got to the point where people would just come in and say, you know, they would show me a picture and they, they would, we, you know, we do a consultation. I still do a consultation, but I wasn't getting these clients coming in and sitting in my chair and questioning everything I did or, or acting nervous about, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I remember like early in my career, it's like people sit in your chair and they'd be nervous and, you know, I don't yeah. know so it's just there's got, a different
0: level of trust there i know like i have a lot of clients they'll just, they just do whatever trust. you want you're going to do anyway like i don't know why you bother asking yeah. me you're just going to do what you want my mother <laughs> says that <laughs> but right. i still have a thorough consultation doesn't matter how many times you've been to me whether i've been doing your hair for like the first visit or your you know three thousandth visits over 25 years i still talk to yeah. every client like it's the first time i've met them that I need to know yep. what we're doing on your hair today. Uh, what's the result you want today? And I've had, I mean, yep. in that many years, of course, you've had people that have gone through lots of changes, right? I've done hair for people's weddings twice, you know? And I always joke yeah. that ours is true love, you know? I've outlasted right. them, right? So, I mean, you but you want, like, I've had people, their, their hair started out straight, then it went curly, then they lost it to chemo, then it's grown back. Yeah. You know, like all of those things, I've, I've been through that. And I felt that as such privileged work um, to yeah. be through there, those clients so retention is an important part of our business it's it's great to always yep. get new clients and we want to work on yep. that but the value the lifetime value of a really good client is huge huge and with haircuts as well I mean I know extensions is big box. I know lived in color is big box. but you may not see those clients for quite a while yeah. right it might be yep. it might come in like you know every six months or something like that but uh, yeah. with cutting, you're getting them often every six weeks. So you yeah. really do get to know those people and their hair and you can really like, you know, really hone in on your craft and you want to offer them something new all the time. Like I know your, your uh, online education is called the Bob Co, but you're not a one trick pony. You do way more than just bobs. Um yeah. But it's your level of skill in what is one of the most classic, beautiful haircuts of all time is the bob. Um, and it grows yeah. out so beautifully. And I always say that like a, a a beautiful haircut grows out beautifully. Like people who joke, oh, you know, the difference between a good haircut and a bad haircut is two weeks. I'm like, no, bad haircuts don't grow out nice. No. <laughs> it's going to look bad until you get it fixed, you know? Um, yep. So, you know, even with COVID, we were closed for eight months here in Canada and, uh, you know, I had people who manage their haircuts. They're like, I actually wasn't even bugging me so much. Right. And yep. I'm like, sometimes I joke. I'm like, I got to stop giving such good haircuts because people <laughs> think they can go eight months without a haircut. right? <laughs> Not I the business,
1: right? I yeah, that happens. Same, same with me. It's just, you know, those, those clients, the thing is, is with a good haircut, it is your client is happy for eight weeks. They, you don't, you don't get the client who's, Who's calling you in five weeks or six weeks, saying, "Ah, oh, my haircut's. Can I get in early, or uh, uh, you know, I need my haircut touched up or whatever? It, it's it's when you're get when you master that haircut artistry, it's those clients come in still happy. They they a lot of times tell me like, "Oh my god, I just got a compliment on my hair like literally two days ago or yeah. yesterday or whatever because their hair and they they also say my hair was easy to manage the entire eight weeks." Yeah, you know, that's it's
0: huge because we know how to do hair, but they don't. <laughs> not at home, they're, no. they're not. <laughs> right, right.
1: Yeah, and, I, and even for me, when I get, you know, when I when I get my haircut, it's like you know, you you get your haircut by a certain person, and just like it 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 looks good longer, and it, it, it makes me, and I don't have to deal with it as, as long. You know, I don't have to. It's easy for me to style every day, and it grows out looking good.
0: Because there is that age old thing that is a haircut the same price as a trim, <laughs> and the answer is yes and no.
1: Yeah, it's it's yes and no. <laughs> Um, yeah. So my, my haircuts for, for women's haircuts, you know, they start a hundred dollars. Um, that's going to pretty much cover most, you know, most of most any client who's coming as just a hundred dollars is going to pretty much cover a haircut. They can come in, we can have a quick consultation, do the haircut. Um, I do have an option for uh, very thick haircut clients, which most of those women know that their hair is very thick and they will choose that option on my booking site. Um, and those gals, they might just want, you know, whatever a quote, regular haircut is, but, um, you know, they know they've got thick hair and it gives me an extra 15 minutes of time. So, uh, for timing purposes, a regular haircut with me, hundred dollars is one hour. Uh, a very thick haircut price is an hour and 15 minutes. And then the next step up from that is what I call a transformation haircut, which is someone who is wanting to make a big change with their haircut. Maybe they're, you know, we're, we're, we're chopping off probably four inches at least. That's a minimum. Um, and then sometimes up to six, eight, 12 inches. Um, and what, depending on what haircut we're changing to, you know, that's going to take some extra time for that internal process. You know, you take off that 10 inches off someone's hair and they want, you know, a lob. Well, there's a lot, there's going to be a lot of bulky hair sitting on your shoulders. So it's going to take me extra time to shape that up after we've taken off that initial length. Um, Whereas, you know, my client who's maybe already got maybe their hair's just past their collarbone and they're going to back up to a lob, you know, that haircut is, you know, I could probably get that done in an hour, you know, so that's, that's why I price those differently. Um, and that, that transformation haircut price is 150. And I think yeah you know, I said during the, the live is I still like having my prices at a point that I feel good about. And I also can have retention at as well. So I know some, I know there's some stylists out there, even nearby me, that are, you know, charging $225 for a haircut. And I think that's awesome that they're getting that. Absolutely amazing. Um, but I feel like for me at that level, at least I I would think that my retention level is gonna be lower. Um, I I like when someone comes see me for a haircut, I like the fact that they say, oh yeah, I could, I could afford to come back and see Ray in eight weeks. Um, that price point is right for me. That's what I feel like. So yeah.
0: The game is not all about more money money all the time, right? Because no. sometimes it's, you're trading. We're always in our business, we're trading time for money. Um, mm-hmm. So if we, if we don't work, we don't get paid kind of thing. But right. um, sometimes when you decide and you make those changes in your business, Um, You just need to make enough money so that you have more time freedom, right? And it's not all about, you know, a slave to the bank account, right? Um, And there's other ways to make yourself more profitable. Um, So now, do you have your clients sign a waiver or anything like that when it comes to filming them for social media? Because that's another thing I see quite a bit. um,
1: You know, know, I honestly have not done that yet. Um, I I typically have you know I have certain clients you know, if you go even go through my Instagram you'll see I have certain clients that you'll see like pretty often um, even like uh, even uh, there's other a lot of other stylists that have that too if you go you go through like Chris Jones or um, uh, Rachel W stylist like a lot of you look at their Instagram feed it's a lot of like they have like three or four different like what I call clients or models whatever you want to call it that you'll kind of see repeated on their on their page so Again, a lot of times what I'll do is if I have a new client that I want to do a recording on, I'll, I'll just ask them straight up in the beginning, hey, do you mind if we do some video? And um, will I'll even say, like, I don't even have to put your face on. It'll just be, like, really all about the hair maybe, while I'm cutting the back. Even when I get the finished video at the end, we can kind of just have your hair kind of covering up your face so I don't even have to show your face. And they'll either say, yeah, well, that, that sounds great. Or, oh, I don't mind showing my face. That's fine. Um. So that's what I do is I just kind of get that up front. And I just again that, that can be uncomfortable sometimes for us, it's not for me, but I think for some stylists, it's even that when they wanna get Instagram uh, video, they even they're just they're so nervous to even ask for it. So I think it's just I think it's easy. Just just ask for it. it, it what's the worst that they're gonna say is no, I I don't feel comfortable. And then you just gotta say, okay, no worries.
0: Yeah. Now, how do you book your time in for that? Is it that your one hour haircut or one an hour and a half, whatever, do you allow time to take all the photos and do the, like, like does that include consultation, wash, cut, style, photos kind of thing? Yeah.
1: So I'm I'm at the point now where I pretty, I've got it pretty well dialed in where I, I do, I, I honestly do most of my videos myself. Like I don't really have an assistant anymore that does. I had a little bit of an assistant here or there that would do videos with me um, help me do videos. But typically now I just have a tripod with my phone. I just put my phone on it and I just put it where I need it for certain points of the haircut. You know, I don't, a lot of times on Instagram, like I don't, you're not seeing every single portion of the haircut. Um, so yeah, so I just know like certain, I want to get a clip of this. I want to get a clip of this and then a clip of the end. Um, so typically in an hour I can do that with a lot of my clients, especially ones that I have been doing some for a while. Um, if it's a new client again, um, I'll ask them, Hey, do you mind if I get a couple clips and I might cut down the amount I do uh, that first time on a client, I might, you know, maybe just get like two clips of it and then a finished clip, you know? So those are things that I'll do to kind of cut my time down. But, um, and those are also other things that I teach in, in classes too, is I'm starting to teach how to, how to go about getting reels and how to, how to post that stuff. So
0: yeah, because people want to see the behind the scenes, and I mean, some of it uh-huh. looks like you would have somebody filming all your all your moves, but it's not. It's a tripod and our phone. I mean, these days we don't have to have expensive equipment. We don't have to have you know elaborate setups. You just need to get the job done, right? And and then yep. roll it down afterwards. But there is some post production work. I mean, because you do obviously have clips and you have your voiceovers. So I mean, yep. you are spending some time in your off time producing content oh, yeah. on social media. Like um, there's no.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's no there's it's, it's, there's
0: it's, no getting I, around it. it.
1: It's, it's, there's no getting around it. There's no you're gonna go home and know if, if you're gonna play the Instagram game, if, if you're gonna play the game, you know that when you get off work at night or on your lunch break um or during a processing time, you're gonna go, you're gonna go make a reel real quick or you're gonna do a voiceover real quick. And what I do a lot of times is I'll just I'll just jump out to my car, do the voiceover in my car if it's noisy in the salon or whatever. Um, you know, and i I've, I've also got my reel making down to a, down to a pretty well, a science at this point. It's, I can usually make a reel in about 15 minutes. Um, and it's, you know, it's ready to go. Um, so that's, that's what I do.
0: Yeah, no, and I think that's great. I think the whole idea of simplifying things and just documenting rather than creating these, you know, dancing videos or whatever with lots of trying to line up the points. Um, Yeah. Those days are kind of like, those are still valid, but we don't have that same kind of pressure that we did when Reels first came out. And, you know, Instagram recently announced we're going back to photos more than just Reels. Instagram is great because it has all of those different content forms, the lives, the stories, the, the Reels, the posts, the, you know, all of that stuff. Um, the collaborations. Yep. Um, so it is still a really great platform. It's still a super visual platform. It's a great place to, you know, pour your energy into it. You can get onto TikTok, you can get onto Pinterest, you can get onto, you know, whatever. But Instagram kind of is one of the better ones for business. I know that more sales happen in Instagram than any other um, social media platform or search engine type platform. So um, it's a good one. It's a good one to, to learn. And again, these it's these little things you learn and then you keep in the, your toolkit and you keep stacking them up. And if, yeah. eventually you'll get better at it, faster at it, more confident. You just have to do the damn thing. That's the main thing it, I think.
1: Just exactly. start,
0: just start.
1: Yeah, I did not. It's like it, people, oh, how'd you get so good at your Instagram? It took me years to figure out where I, where I, where I am at now on Instagram and social media. It, it, well, it, it, was, it changes you know, it was,
0: constantly. That's the only thing that, that's that's constant is the constant change. And uh, But I always say nobody likes change like a hairdresser. So bring it on, right? right? True. <laughs> can't be in the business of promoting it
1: you know I'm I'm always on the I'm on what's the what's the latest trend what's the newest thing are we doing this whatever you know so yeah
0: yeah you want to (laughs) stay current you want to stay relevant in our craft as well as in the the marketing that promotes our craft so I mean you can be a damn good hairdresser but if nobody knows about you then you're not going to have the the kind of success that you want so um so for sure I mean can you recall a time where you felt like giving up on the beauty industry just like uh,
1: um I don't know if there was a time I was, I wanted to give up. I mean, I definitely had my times of like maybe a little bit of burnout, you know, like with start starting a salon and you're like trying to, you're, you're doing some of the site, the work on the salon, you're trying to do your clientele you're trying to do social media all at the same time. Um, I think, yeah, like there's been times, and I think there's been times of like, yeah, like feeling burnt out with how much I've been working, like that definitely a couple of years ago when I was working, you know, Tuesday through Friday or Tuesday through Saturday, um, you know, until you know, working some nights until, you know, 830 and nine o'clock at night. Yeah. Like I was getting to that point. like, I'm, I'm burnt out, you know, and, I, and feeling like, how am I going to get out of this? And so
0: you can just make those changes. Like, there's yeah, literally no really one holding can. a gun to your head. And there's yeah. always somebody out there who's already done it. Like that is what I find so incredible. I love the podcast for this reason because I've met so many incredible stylists that I've, you know, followed for a long time, stalked them on their Instagrams, you know. (laughs) And then to be able to reach out, that's been such a great thing. But there's always somebody who's already done what you want to do, right? And you know, I like to say in my 25 years of doing hair, I've done just about everything that I've wanted to do. I've owned a salon, I've owned a spa, I've been an esthetician, I've been a hairstylist, I've done work on stage, I've done hair for New York Fashion Week, like I've done all the things. um, And I still, I still love it. Like I I, I actually don't get sick of it. But because when I do get to that burnout phase, I just make adjustments. And and that's I feel like that's a real privilege of our work and being your own boss. Sometimes it sucks to be the boss, but other times there's a real power in in that. And uh, but you got to use it for good, not evil. (laughs) You can't keep going down that rabbit hole. Um, As I always say, that the unstoppable, the word unstoppable, it can mean two very different things depending on what energy it's coming from. Like it can mean, oh my God, I got to keep going. I can't stop. It's unrelenting. This is one uh, hamster wheel kind of thing, yeah. or it can mean like, no, I got this. I can handle this. I can make changes. I can figure this out. I'm smart. I'm strong. I'm, you know, and this is the energy I like to come from is that, that side for sure. And, uh, all of these things that people are doing on social media, you can look at it from two different energies as well. You can look at it and think, oh, everybody's doing so much better than me. And you just compete and compare and get discouraged. Or you can look at it yeah. as inspiration and connection and, and and use social media for what it's actually for, um, which I think you're doing a very good job at. So
1: yeah, I think I, it's like once you read, I think I hit that level of knowing, knowing what my why and knowing why I'm using Instagram and what it's for. And you know, not every post of mine, you know, what I, I hate this term too, is like you know, what not every term the term viral is, you know, not every post I do goes viral. You know, it's like even Brock Johnson, you know, he talks about viral for me, you know, if it goes viral for me, cool. Uh, If it goes super viral, cool. But at the same time, it's not every post that I do is about my audience. It's, is this something that my audience wants to, my audience wants to see? And for me, I know that if it's a cutting technique or about bobs, or about bangs, or about whatever it is. If it's a cutting technique, I know my audience audience wants to see it. So sometimes those posts, again, it'll get caught in the algorithm and it'll get pushed more than others. Um, and and for whatever reason, I've started to realize some of the reasoning there, um, and I've kind of, like I said, dialed in my approach to my making my reels now. Um, but again, it's it's just one of those things. It's like it is a game. It's a little bit of a game. But at the same time, if you know your why and why you're posting, that's why I don't really get burnt out on it now. It's it's I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm going to post. I know why I'm posting it. So I think hopefully some of the, the listeners will take that away, too, with the social media thing.
0: For sure. I mean, I think it's really important to have a goal. Like if your goal is to build your local business, you're going to post differently than say somebody who wants to build a global audience for their education, right? So we often follow these educators and then we think we need to do what they're doing, but that's not exactly the case. And you don't need a ton of followers to have a really big bustling clientele um and and again with with clients right you got to remember you want new ones all the time right because you lose one out of five through no fault of your own that's just a natural attrition but you also want to retain those clients so you don't constantly need to be looking out for new clients you also need to nurture the ones that are following you already that are coming to you and then hopefully tipping some of them to becoming just followers into into customers but our main goal as a hairstylist is to get butts and seats i mean that's the That's the goal. And to keep them coming back, right? You want to retain those raving fans. So really, we're lucky as hairstyles. We have so much content versus so many other businesses that don't have the interesting, beautiful craft that we create all the time. So there's not much excuse for that, but it is honing in on just maybe a bit of a formula or a bit of a framework that you follow for your for your social media. And I'm working on that too. I mean, for sure. Cause I'm yeah. trying to run three different uh, social media accounts because I've got my education business. I've got my salon business and I also yeah. run a boutique motel. So
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, you're busy with all that stuff. Yeah, yeah,
0: for sure. But it's, it's good. And I just, I try to like, if it starts to not to be fun, I have to like reevaluate cause I, I only yeah. want it to be fun. So I um, agree. now can you share a lesson that came from failing where you felt like, Oh God, i really messed things up. But in the end it turned out to be a bit of a lesson. Oh my gosh.
1: Um, I feel like there's been so many. (laughs) Um, I feel like, um, I feel like, yeah, I mean, like with my, when I, we, when we had our salon, when we, we opened me and my business partner, we opened our, our second location, which we have, we own two booth rental salons and we tried to, on our second location, we tried to do a commission based, like a, a part commission, part booth rent model. And, um, I feel like we we ended up just going all booth rental um, because I think I underestimated what it was going to look like to be to have commission stylists. You know, I thought oh. you just think you just think, oh, it's going to be easier than you think it will. I don't know what that would be. So I, I think I just didn't I think I underestimated what that was going to look like and how much time it was going to take away from me doing hair. And so that was uh, one of those situations where we actually had to ditch the commission based model. That's what we decided to do because I just didn't neither me or my business partner had the time to put into like stop doing hair to either train new stylists or you know what I'm saying. So that was what we ended up doing. So I kind of felt like at the time it was a failure. But I think, like I also learned through it, to to embrace what we were doing with our booth rental salon, and now we've kind of it's at a point where you know our booth rental salon is doing great, and we're, I'm able to provide a, a a space for we have we've had a lot of our booth renters for several years. Like we don't have like this revolving door of of booth renters coming in and out. We've created a you know a, I guess a model for them that works. So I guess you know that was a cool thing that I I learned through that. So and it's a less it's less stressful for me and my business partner and I I I enjoy I still enjoy owning that salon and doing what I'm doing now with it. So
0: Yeah, and the big thing, the big lesson there I think is just not to be afraid to pivot and change and admit what is working and what isn't and this is the same with our social media, right? This this is working, this isn't. Double down on what's working and eliminate yeah. the stuff that isn't. That's a but you can't know that until you go through it and you try it and you, you know, make it happen. Um, so I think that's great. Thank you. Um, yeah. So what do you want people to know about you and your business, Ray?
1: Yeah, so I, mean, I guess what I want people to know is I, I feel like with my online education company, The Bob Company, and uh, that's my, again, my overarching name of my company is The Bob Company. And you can find it on Instagram at The Bob Co., and um, that's just kind of my, that's like the the face of my educational company there. Um, but I, when people jump into the Bob company and the Bob university is where all the videos are hosted. That's like where you go to school, you know, that's, that's where school is. It's where you enroll to start taking your cutting skills to the next level is my, again, like, like we've talked about the way that I explain Hair cutting is. I try to simplify everything. I try to create solutions and simplify hair cutting. That's that's the biggest thing that I try to do. I I had made a post the other day or a few weeks ago on my on my Bobco page that you know I don't I don't make head sheets for my haircuts. I don't I don't do head sheets. Um, for me, head sheets were always just a pain in the ass sorry so (laughs) two-dimensional fine
0: fine but
1: they were so two-dimensional and for me they just did they just didn't work for me to learn from I just felt like I always had to visually see it I had to see somebody do it I you know and I guess for some people head sheets work and some some sometimes they, they can help understand a little bit more of how like hair is being cut and where it's being cut but I feel like for me it's all just we've gotten to a point where it's just, we're so visual and it's so easy to create visual content now. Like you said, we don't, I don't do, I use my phone for 90, 99.9% of everything. Every now and then I use a camera for like photos, you know, like get a really good photo with my camera um, or I'll do a, use a camera for video. If I'm, if I need, if I feel like I need to record extra long and I don't want it all going on my phone, whatever. But yeah. um, it's, I can, I can give, people, I can give stylists visual content very quickly, very easily. And I do, um, I do a thing called cut of the month every month. I started doing it this year. It's, it's free for one week where people can go get free, a free full tutorial. Um, and, and, uh, I just think it's a cool option. It's, it's a lot of times like this month is, um, a haircut, uh, worn by Amber Valletta, like back in the nineties, she is a top model back yeah. in the nineties. And I think that this uh, I just I'm taking a visual image and then showing you how to do a hair to to do this haircut or how to um, look at something and say, oh, how can I make it my own so I can help you elevate your haircutting to a point where you are able to charge higher prices for your haircuts and And maybe stop working one day a week, stop working Saturdays. I know so many stylists who want to stop working Saturdays. And that's, that's what I guess why I want people to know is that's how I did it was through my haircuts. I was able to elevate my haircut pricing to a point where, like I said, I've said it multiple times, I could, you know, make the same amount during the week. I made an extra days, you know, wages during the week. And so I could stop working on Saturdays and I could work less now too, during the week, I, I don't have to work till nine o'clock at night anymore. Yeah, so you bought your
0: time back, you bought by raising I your prices, you. you bought your time back.
1: Exactly, exactly. And so, yeah. And I feel like, I just feel like haircutting is, has been kind of a, a lost art over the last few years. And I just feel like I want to bring it back. I want to, that's, that's where, for me, when people, when you meet people, they always, and you tell them what they tell them what you do, they always say, oh my God, can you cut my hair? Or do you, how, you know, how much do you charge for haircuts? Or can I get in for a haircut? They always go to the haircut, I feel like. And I feel like that's just one of the, the biggest places where retention comes in is if you can give an amazing haircut, those clients, they ain't going to leave you,
0: you know? No, I, I think so too. And I I know what, I notice on your Instagram feed, you've got lots of different, um, ordinary everyday women with all different kinds of hair you know you got cute little redhead with a bit of curl you've got your beautiful gray bobs you've got your women you know chopping off a a lot of hair going up to a lob so you're really showing people what a real clientele a full-bodied clientele looks like and that your Instagram can be reflective of that you know sometimes we think that oh we only have to have girls with long hair with that soft you know beachy wave in there and that's the only thing Instagram wants to see but that's not true I mean look at the success of Jack Martin um, colorist who does yeah. all these big gray transformations and yes. you know, women with gray hair are still looking at Instagram. It's not just the millennials <laughs> anymore. So, you know, you've really got to, you really got to just know who you are and be true to yourself and true to your clientele who are paying your bills. Right.
1: Exactly. So, exactly.
0: um, yeah. So again, where can people find you? Um, you kind of mentioned it, but I want to be really clear at the end of this. Yes. Uh, Recording where they can find you, because I think people should be following you if they want to elevate their haircutting, you know, skills, then they should be following you on Instagram and signing up for Bob University so.
1: Yeah, yeah okay. so you can find me on Instagram at Ray Voltage Beauty and at the Bob Co, and then you can find me online at the Bobcompany.com and uh, you can learn a little bit more about me there and also you can jump into Bob University through there. Um, but yeah, like it's that's that's it. That's where you can find me.
0: Yeah, and I'm so glad that's where I found you, right? That's that's yeah. how I connected with yeah. you. I I don't know, you pop, popped up on my feed at some point because I like to follow haircutters yeah. as well. Um yeah. but uh Yeah. I learned so much from just watching your little things. And, uh, and again, I've been doing hair for 25 years and I still love learning new things. So I think that's really great. So thank you for everything that you're doing for the haircutting side of the hairdressing world. Um, and, uh, yeah, keep doing what you're doing. You're doing a great job. So thank you so much for coming on the unstoppable styles podcast today. Hope you have great success with the Bob university.
1: I really appreciate it. Thanks so much, Sharon.
0: Thank you so much for everyone who listened to this podcast today. I hope it encourages you to elevate your haircutting skills a little bit more and see the potential for earning more income and styling a life you love at the same time. Check out theunstoppablestylist.com for even more help to grow your beauty business and style a life you love.